Welcome to the Toffee Blues, your source for all things Everton, and welcome to another podcast where I'm joined by Owen and Terry. There's loads to get through. First of all, we'll be looking back on our win against Crystal Palace before looking ahead to our Carabao Cup game against West Ham at Goodison on Wednesday. And then we'll finish with the classic quiz as well. So there's loads to get through. Start off with the celebration, shall we say, of the 2-1 win against Crystal Palace on Saturday afternoon. We are looking back on Everton's 2-1 away win at Sellers Park against Crystal Palace. I'm joined by Terry and Owen. Spirits are very high. Three wins out of three in the Premier League. You can't argue with that. Lads, how are you feeling? Terry, we'll start with you, mate. How are you feeling? Feeling good. It's um, They're my favourite type of wins, in a way. like compare, You can have the wins like... Um, Fleetwood, where we where for the bulk of the game we're just in command and we're playing great football and you know you know little triangles of passes, but then there's there's those away wins where you've got to dig in, you've got to shit out your way, and you've got to like you know you've got to battle, you've got to scrap, you've got to get you know get slight fouls and you know waste time on free kicks. They are just as satisfying to me because you you feel such elation when you get them, and that's what today's game was. There was. You know, there were some good moments of football, but I think the, the biggest thing to take away was the character, the mentality of the players. It's a, it's a million miles from what we saw after the lockdown. Um, just a real, like, commitment to try to want to get the result. And it's it's come from the manager again. Like, his, Ancelotti's away record is, is a, a completely different world to what it was before he arrived. We've won back-to-back away games. I'm just, I'm, I'm over the moon, made up. It's excellent. I mean, of course, I think how many away games did we win in total last season for starters? I mean, with the all under Carlo, I think we won one under Silver at Southampton that night. Yeah, and then, was... the re- yeah, then I think there was about three or four under Carlo, yeah. Yeah, Newcastle away. Mm. Newcastle away, Watford away. It just, it's, it's something that's been a problem for the club. For a couple of years, but you know, between different across different managers, and Carlos just come in and just, just literally within one swoop, just went, yeah, we're not doing that anymore. We're not losing these away games because away games are a lot about the mentality, and he's changed the mentality of a lot of players this season, and it's it's showing great attitudes and yeah, they're just how good does it feel to 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 win an away game and a two away games in a row, two away wins in a row. Yeah, and and Great. you know I know, the, I know the stadium's empty, but Palace is a hard place to go with a, and a hard team to play. They're very very. I absolutely. I said this in my instant reaction before. I absolutely despise playing against Crystal Palace. Good team, like they're yeah. a good team, and and they gave us a real good game today, and they were very unlucky not to get anything out of it. I'm sure we'll. I I, I I thought so myself. It's. Well, oh, well, go on. Come on, I'll let I'll let Owen say say his piece. I know he's a you're usually quite a, you're usually quite a, a big fan of Crystal Palace, aren't you? And like their style and, and it, 
you, you yeah. always you always you like the hard to beat sides, don't you? So is it good to see us overcome one of those? Yeah, um, I, I like the way the work I said before the game on Twitter. I said this is this will be a really tough game. I like how these operate. I like how they play, and I, 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 there was no surprises from me from Crystal Palace to their force. The first half they sat quite deep in the fourth. Because there were so many opportunities, if we just picked the final ball, we could have been a couple of goals ahead. And I was really impressed with how we started the first 45 minutes. We controlled the ball really well. They, they were difficult, they only limited us to as much as we could without getting near us, really. I thought. And then, because we got Hammers on the ball, the Charles and Luca Dean, brilliant again today. Coleman, the other side. I thought, I thought we were faultless, Dom up front. And then the second half came, we had that 2 1 goal advantage. And then we saw and take away we we saw the palace palace in the sense in the second half of the fact that we were really resolute. We were tough to beat. And as the game went on, they struggled to break us down, especially when Eze came off. I think he'd run a bit out of steam, Eze. And then so Roy took him off for back dry to get another body up front. And then they lost their rhythm bit in terms of their passing lanes, but Again, I was really happy with that result because that's a tough place to go. Not many teams will go there and win this season. Either. Oh, abso- absolutely. And in that sense, do you think we beat Palace at their own game a little bit in that second half? In the second half, yeah. I think in the first half, we had like 70% of the ball. The first half really looked, controlled them, really did well. Great triangle passing and that. And then second half, it was just about the other side of the game. The um, given everything and I'm really pleased with that. And, May longer, long may it continue because I'm more for that side of the game digging in. I thought Keane and Mina when everything in the air, then big strong centre forwards up front. I thought that that's oh, a real tough start. ask. If we go to the likes of Palace, Newcastle, Burnley, and that this season and get them results, we'll we'll go from a team that's mid table to a, a top four team because top four teams really are the only teams we go to them ground and win. If we think look historically. I think, especially Burnley, I think don't think many teams outside the top six of any went there and won their own ground, apart from Brighton at the end of the season. So, they're going to them grounds at top. If we go start going to these grounds and winning, that takes us up a real level because they're a tough game, really a well-organised team, and they'll have no issues this season. I think we were having a little discussion before this game, where, just, before we, sorry, just before this show, that about all this talk about playing football the right way and all this all that baloney and <laughs> let's be let's be honest it's it's one of them these teams do make life difficult for sides who try and attack it's always a pleasing result to overcome these sides and you, you can do it and you can say they're hard to beat and it's none of that patronizing pat on the back stuff that we talk about when you talk about these playing the right way sort of teams like the this sort of narrative, the media pedals. Yeah, it's, just, it's one of those with the media. They, I think it's more to, they, they like to see the, the best sides win, or like to say the best sides, the sides that they like to win games. And I think it's it's this sort of phrase they use now to put these sort of teams down. But Crystal Palace are anything but anti-football, aren't they? I mean, there was, I, mean I, I don't like to admit it, but they dominated us at times in that second half. Yeah, I've I, I read... Thing is, people think, and I know we're not. If, if we're talking about Evans and how pleased we are with our results, but people think Roy Hodgson's a long ball manager, and that's the biggest disservice you could do, Roy Hodgson, because 
it seems wildly city for times in December. They do have they do play some nice football in terms of when they're on the ball in the final third. And so it was always going to be difficult in the second half with their captain talent. I think Eze, Batchawai, Zaha, Ayu, all these players and then you've got the two in the good middle. Players. They're good players, they've got good footballers and we not many will go there and win and I'm I'm really pleased that we have gone and won there because that's a big marker. I think West Brom are now looking to win currently. I don't know where it'll end up as when it comes out, but West Brom with Spurs the 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 way we want to play going forward, I think West Brom, the West Broms of the world will probably suit us more than the Palaces and to one Palace as well. I'm really pleased now I know Brian's next week and we'll probably get beaten I know now I've said this, but Brian should play in our hands the way they play out from the back. Yeah, that, that's going to be an interesting contest, the Brighton game. But uh, obviously, with this in mind, I mean, Crystal Palace is always a fixture for me. That, especially Crystal Palace away, it's always a fixture one out the way. <laughs> so, I'm I'm glad we've got out the way with three points in the bag. It's it's like you say, it's such a difficult place to go, and we. We sh- I think we should be very pleased with the fact that we've come out of it with three points because, like, like you say, Owen, it's not very often sides outside the top four at least go there and get the results. And if they do, they don't get it easy. If they do, yeah, absolutely. Well, we didn't get it easy today. I thought this is definitely the hardest, and we said this in the preview as well, didn't we, that this would be the hardest fixture that we faced and well, so far, and it has proven to be the case. It was... A really scrappy affair. We got over the line courtesy of a, an interesting penalty, shall we say. We're just going to touch on that. Oh, and what do you make of the penalty decision? Is it the right decision, wrong decision? What is it? I, I can understand why Roy Hodgson doesn't think it's a penalty because in the SDA, I don't think it is a penalty. And I, as we go forward, I really don't want that to be a penalty. In, in the VAR either, it's a penalty, isn't in, it? In this m- mad crazy world we live in with VAR at the moment and decision Weasel Hadron Collider yeah. yeah in the, in this weird world we live in with VAR and anything's a penalty and anything that is a penalty isn't a penalty it probably is a penalty and, that, and that's unfortunate to say but if Lindelof's last week's was a penalty then unfortunately that is from Joel Ward I wouldn't I wouldn't if I was the referee I wouldn't give it but I suppose they can only go with what they've got. I can understand the frustration. But... I mean, Palace will be wound up. But, of course, like you say, they got one against Manchester United yeah, for like... the same thing last week. So it does, in that sense, it's even in itself out. Leon Osman on Amazon Prime today said that people won't be as aggrieved with these kinds of decisions as long as there's consistency. And we see in that, hopefully. But then there was the Gabriel one, but I suppose that was where it kind of was, wasn't it, on, on his arm. But... If if all of them get given, like the same with the penalties, if they're off the line, if they're all off the line, even no matter how minuscule the margins are, then that's fine. Just keep doing it. It's just when if when Allison's off the line, when he saved the penalty in the last minute, or to anyone, and then it, it doesn't really matter. That's when the, the issue comes, and when T. Yeah, that's that's going. when there needs to be uproar over it. But yeah. for me, I mean, I was watching on Amazon Prime. I don't know if you guys were watching on Prime as well, or if you had the commentary on, my goodness, Ali McCoy was doing my head, and he was really, really crying it in over that decision, wasn't he? I didn't, yeah. I didn't um, 
listen to any commentaries of the game because they all do me head in. And this one would very much have done your head in, I want to believe me. It was, I, I couldn't believe just how much one co-commentator could moan about one decision. I've never heard anything like it. Can you imagine it? If it was Man United who got that penalty, you can imagine he'd have kept his mouth a lot more shut. You know what, though? It's it's always like that. Like, you know, Man United got a penalty today um, after the final whistle had already been blown. Like, okay, it was a penalty, but they've blown the final whistle. And now, the, and the narrative for that is they got a penalty in the 100th minute. No, they took the penalty in the 100th minute or the first minute of like a new game that started because they've blown the final whistle. And the commentators afterwards, this is on BT, this one, were saying, what an advert for the Premier League. It's like, <laughs> eh, that's, that's ridiculous. If that's the other way around, you aren't like pairing about like the football that's been on display. You're talking about the shambolic decision. And Ali McCoyst, my favourite... Yes. Just, oh, God. My favourite my favorite thing he said today was, was when he... Um, the ball flashed across the goal and um, Rodriguez met it first time and he side-foots it. And Ali McCoist is, tra- is trying to like basically tell Rodriguez how, how Rodriguez, to kick a ball. Multiple Champions League winner, how to strike a ball. <laughs> like, oh, right, thanks, Ali. The best, he's, a, he's an absolute gobshite. He was saying last year, I can't remember the game, but he was an Amazon-covered game, obviously. He was saying he'd like to see um, Rich Richarlison and Calvert Lewin tried as a partnership, and they'd already played twenty games. The last twenty games before that match as a partnership. It's just, oh, right. Southampton game or something, weren't it? Yeah, the, yeah, the, big, yeah. the biggest travesty. Well, not the biggest, but one of the biggest travesties of the fans not being in grounds is um, Amazon used to have an option where you could watch it without the commentators and just there the stadium. I watched the. You know, five-two derby like that, and it didn't half make a difference. I just sit down anyway. <laughs> well, it used to be you could just watch and hear the crowd, but no commentators. But now, because there's no one in, they're putting the fake crowd noise in. That option on your remote has turned into crowd noise on and off, and you've got to have the commentators. And he was shocked, and he was so. I mean, that that penalty, it should and it shouldn't be, shouldn't it? Because. I, that rule is a shambles. It's so that shouldn't be a penalty. That like you've got to say that if the powers that be have the thinking caps on, but by the current it, rules, it is. It's difficult though because yeah, by the current rules, it is. That's why it should be a penalty because if they've given penalties like the the one Liverpool got against Leeds, where it ricochets off the lad's knees, and and the one the Man United one with off Lindelof's arms, like. They're ridiculous. They shouldn't be penalties. R shouldn't have been a penalty. But then on the other hand, it's like I do like the thinking of getting away from the referee's discretion because they can't be trusted. If it's 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 a penalty, it's a penalty. You can't, or rather, it's a handball. Yeah. It's a handball. I am... If you have to be uber harsh with the handballs, but that takes away the decision from the the Chris Cavanas and the John Mosses and all those other muppets who. Have got basically their own agendas and got you know their own way of looking at things. Then I'm all for it, but it just it doesn't feel right because if we either conceded a penalty and lost a game like th- that penalty, I'd be going nuts and, and yeah, frankly, I, I don't blame the Palace fans for it, even though they got one last no. week. It's and it's one of them. I do think it is good now that we are starting to see the referees run over to the screen a bit more. I knew he was going to give the penalty, by the way. 
I I I I was I uh, I didn't hear much of the commentary because I had Paul here watching it with me and he doesn't let you listen to anything other than him anyway. But um, but I was saying he was convinced it wasn't going to be a penalty. I was like, no, it will be. It's like because I, I knew from the Maguire one as much as um, Lindelof one, excuse me, um, as much as anything it was like that's going to be a penalty because that other one was in the Zitter's hand. It's it's incredibly harsh, but by the new rules, that's going to be a penalty. So I knew straight away as well. Yeah. So th- yeah. As soon as he went to the screen, I thought he's gonna give it. I was, I was like, we've been shafted by VAR before. I'm not counting my chickens. Yeah, I don't actually think we would have been shafted if he didn't give it. I wouldn't have complained. It's just the way it is. I knew we would give it. The rules are it should be. Unfortunately, yeah. they're the rules because the rules shouldn't be those rules. But it is what it is, and we get the penalty anyway. Uh, we'll we'll leave it at that anyway. I mean, we've got the the win. Three points in the bag, nine points out of nine, top of the table. Calvert Lewin's top goal scorer. Calvert Lewin's the top goal scorer. Uh, his, his goal against Tottenham was class, and every goal he's had since his other four goals have been the worst scruff goals ever. This one was slightly better, but the keeper's awful for it, but I don't care. The all counties top goal scorer um, tonight, and, you know, England place maybe next week. Don't give a yeah. shit if he plays, but the it's least, nice the for least him. The least he's deserved so far. Yeah, I don't care if he never kicks a ball for England, but it'd be nice for him because he's he's earned it, hasn't he? More than earned it. He, let's be honest, he's, he's he's in better form than any other English striker at the moment, so why the hell not? Yeah, that's if you count Harry Kane, Kane as a centre midfielder now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, Harry Kane takes the corners. We need someone in the box then, don't we? <laughs> Welcome to the match preview segment as we look ahead to the Carabao Cup fourth round tie, Everton versus West Ham in midweek. I've got Owen and Terry with me to look ahead to this one and we go into this game in very high spirits just off the back of our third Premier League win in a row. Two rounds of the Carabao Cup already negotiated as well. Five wins out of five. You can't really ask, you can, well, you literally can't ask for much more than that, can you? So... We feeling confident going into this one, Owen? How are you feeling, mate? Yeah, it, it, this is a strange feeling, but I'm really, really confident for this one. And that, that that's awful. That's an awful place to be in where you're really, really confident because West Ham shouldn't be throwing everything at this game considering they're likely set a result that will follow in the Premier League. They are they're in, they're in for a rough ride whether they have results or not, but they've got tough games. And do they want to be throwing everything at the Carabao Cup? David Moyes from previous we probably won't, as we probably probably. But either way I want to see Evan put a strong team out and be West Ham and get them over and done with them. It'll be the quarter finals then won't it? I think you've been really harsh on West Ham there. Don't you think they play football the right way? No, God, <laughs> the other day. <laughs> Who did he play last week? Arsenal. He just just, a, just every, na- every now and then, I'm just going to throw that one in there just to wind that one up sometimes. Oh, played the football the right way with Pellegrini when they're going to be 3 0 every week. That was fun. Yeah, I mean, we can all enjoy that, can't we? Teddy, how do you feel going into this game against West Ham? 
I'm like, I want to feel confident. Uh, West Ham do not want to even be in this. The, the the you know owner of West Ham, David Sullivan, one of the owners was on Talksport only a few days ago saying it's going to cost them fifty grand every time they progress around, and they could do without it. So I think we should do them a favour and save them the fifty grand day because, like they they I, I follow West Ham um, through the rounds and they've they've been doing what we've been doing. They've been playing a complete shadow team. Um, but obviously we um, put a lot more senior players in in the Fleetwood game, and I think we'll do that again. I think you'll see a strong side from from Everton, with probably only you know Bernard Iwobi, um in Kunku starting um, outside of the, well maybe a few more, but they they'll definitely start. But I think we'll go with a strong core. I think you know the and. West Ham will do what they did anyway. They'll they their second string are obviously going to give us a harder time than Fleetwood or, or Salford will because you're going to still be play facing Sebastian Allaire and Felipe Anderson and what have you. So is Haller a backup striker for them now? David Moyes is, and he's because he plays Antonio as the starting striker, doesn't he? Um, oh really? That's what Moyes. Moyes, we know that Moyes Moyes didn't like strikers here, did he? Really? Like, no, he likes he, he likes why? But to be fair, Moyes would love like a. Yeah, he, is, he probably wants someone who runs the channels, which Antonio does. Yeah, yeah, hard workers. He doesn't want you know strikers to score goals. He wants them to work hard. But yeah, I mean West Ham, the the club hierarchy don't want to be in this. They're not going to you know the management are probably not going to take it very seriously because of the run of games they're still in in the middle of in the Premier League. And I think now you know I think Everton should be looking to capitalise on on the. The good start we've made, and getting to the quarter final like that straight away um, into the quarter final of a cup that'd just be the cherry on the cake, and then it's there for you. Then you two wins away from the final, get you know make this make could be stars, our trophy. yeah yeah like you know build on on the start you've had go for this trophy you know, like you, you know why not it's there to be won the, the when the European games start the European t- teams in Europe are going to fob this cup off. They're not going to be bothered. We've, you know, you've played the bigger teams in the later rounds, but they've got a Champions League tie coming up. They're not going to bother because there's so much fixture congestion. Uh, plus, you've got to say as well, David Moyes is going to be the first manager in history to manage a team while he's doing the ironing. Because he's going to be at home, <laughs> going to be at home managing remotely, isn't he? Because he's tested. Right, yeah. He'll be managing on Sunday, making a roast, and he'll be managing. Why am I? Why am I? Why am I just imagining like David Moyes like? Flying a drone with a speaker with his voice on, like floating it over the ground. Yeah, he'll have his footy manager open and just be clicking on "Show me some more" every fifteen <laughs> minutes, like desperate. But um, yeah, it's it's it, the manager won't be there because of you know, you know positive COVID testing, you know. But we're laughing about it. But I hope he's all right. You know what I mean? Like could, you know, he's asymptomatic, so hopefully he comes through and it's all fine. But. I don't think West Ham would. I think West Ham, if they could get away with it, would give us a buy, so they could just prepare for the next game. If it saves them fifty grand, he'll take a buy right now. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. No, obviously the state of their owners, though. I mean, I I don't like West Ham, but I I I feel for them in a way because imagine having them as your owners. I I I follow quite quite a few West Ham, you know, fan content channels. And they all seem sound, and I just think they suffer so much. They've got one of the two sets of worst owners. I think only Mike Ashley's in the same bracket as them. They get they've had so many lies fed to them, and the media spin they like, you know, Jim White of the world and you know, talk sport whenever you spin 
like the scenario so falsely like like oh they're all ungrateful and these owners are great and like the fans just don't like them and I just think and this is not going to be a popular comment but I just go there goes us if we'd have gone to Kirby with Ken right like that's what we'd be like oh, I always, always think sliding doors I feel so sorry for them because you know there's obviously some bad eggs in every fan base but all of West Ham fans I see they just think you know what they don't expect major things but they got ragged out imagine we got ragged out of of Goodison and instead of going to Bramley Mall, like we are doing, we went to like an athletic stadium. Went to like the the mystery, like the athletic shot on the mystery. Yeah, and 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 the um, the carrot that was dangled was well, if we go here, we'll you know we have a world class team in a world class stadium, and and they've got nothing to show for it. They do just stupid decisions, and the media always spin it to be the fans' fault. And yeah, I'll be just... lying. I'll be lying if I said I wasn't fearful when they moved to that ground that they'd become a quality team. I'm I surprised that they. What? I wasn't at all fearful at West Ham. They had one good season, about fifteen years. I thought they'd like real that one good season you're referring to. Presumably, was the last one at Upton Park when they were actually quite good. And yeah, where Pyre took them to seventh. Yeah, literally. Uh, yeah, I thought they'd kick on from there when they moved into that ground with a decent side behind them. But I it's thought, not worked out yeah, that way. I agree. I thought they'd be what Wolves are now. I thought they'd kick yeah. on the commercial like um, benefits because obviously I didn't know that stadium was going to be a shithole when they get in, and it was going to be like you know a mile from this, this pitch and all that. I thought <laughs> they've got the the opportunity there. I thought they've got the opportunity to, to increase what they bring in money wise and if they get the managerial appointments right then they could you know build upwards but yeah. ne- neither of those things have happened they haven't it's not worth because they've said we would have been just as fine just the same monetary wise staying at Upton Park as we were or bowl, the bowling um, as we would have been going to the London Stadium so they're in a stadium they hate that doesn't isn't made for football and they're no Make better off the same wise. amount of money yeah and they've still got the owners who are making stupid decisions, and yeah, they've 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 still not made a signing. Have they? The the only team in the Premier League who've not made a signing yet, and they're one they of the teams who need them. Tuchel, didn't they? They bought Thomas yeah, Tuchel permanently, so that was that was arranged in January. They just had to like, well, it's like arranged in January, and then it says on February the first, you'll basically agree to. Sign him in the summer. It was that was a time constraint thing. Apparently, like they were, it was. He might as well have be counted as a January signing. It's just officially ratified in the summer. And and it'll be fifteen million over fifteen years as well. It'll be a million oh. a year. That's the one yeah. thing I can't stand about West Ham is the the way they do their transfer deals and like the oh God knows how long it's going to take them to pay for Halle. They want they want Tarkovsky over about twenty years to pay Burnley. It's not going to happen. It's just absurd, isn't it? And I mean, but yeah, going into this game, I think I'm quietly confident on it. This is Everton, you know, I don't I don't ever count my chickens when I'm going into an Everton game, but I do feel like we should be grasping the mantle and winning this game. Yeah. Yeah. You've got, you've got to, you've got to capitalise on the good start. I know I've said that already, but you get, you win this game and forget the league games, you win this game, you, you, you go into the international break and you're in the quarter-final of a cup straight away, three quick-fire rounds, we've not overstretched the players, and you just think, right, two wins and we're in a final, and then, you know, the opportunity's there to win a trophy, and, you know, we're buzzing, like you've, you know, everything's going well. This is not a round we should be going out of. It would, it may be if West Ham were, were you know, tickety 
Bowen, they were all fine and they wanted to win it as well. West Ham want to save the 50 grand. They don't even want to be in it. Got to get through this round. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, going into this one, predictions. It's always a tough one in cup games because, like we say, the teams can change a lot. But how would you see a pan and what do you think the score will be? I think we'll win the game. I think I know I said we it would go to penalties. I fully caught on, didn't I? Well. Oh God! But uh, Pickford, Pickford was trying to make a goal penalties though, yeah, wasn't he? I, I, you probably watched it and thought, yeah, he's onto something here. <laughs> make him head of the curve again. But no, yeah. I'll go for this one. I'll predict the Everton win. I'm going to go two 0 Two 0 Teddy, what about you, mate? I'm going to go three one. I think we'll win, but I, I reckon they will score. They've got much better players in that second string who the attitudes aren't great on all of them, but they've got ability. You know, I could see Haller or Anderson getting a goal against us, but I think you know if we play, play to our level, we, we'll have enough to win. Yeah, I was going with a 3-1 myself, to be honest, for the very same reason. I think we've got enough, but they have got some ability. So a 3-1... Everton win is my prediction as well. So there you have it, guys. That's the preview for the West Ham United game. For you guys listening to the podcast, it's time for the classic quiz. Owen is pitting himself up against Teddy in a classic match day squad quiz, of course. And for that, we're going to be looking back on a fixture from the past where I name a fixture and literally the lads can reel off all the names of the Everton players who took part in that game. We just did a preview for the West Ham game, so we're going to look back on an old West Ham game in this one. And before I reveal which game that is... I'm just going to flip a coin to decide who goes first, Owen. I'll let you pick heads or tails, mate. Tails, gone. It's heads. Teddy, you get to pick first or second, Teddy. Please. Second it is. And, Owen, you're up first. The fixture in question will reveal it with the intense quiz music. There it is. And the fixture in question is West Ham United 1, Everton 2, 16th of May, 2015. Oh, and you're first, mate. Romelu Lukaku. Instantly right in there, straight out the blocks with the correct answer. Romelu Lukaku played and scored. Teddy. Um, Leon Osman, I think he scored. Yep, Leon Osman was the other goal scorer. Another correct answer. Um, well, this is risky because this is during the time where we just uh, used to have inexplicable injuries, and then what you you um, think happens was not actually the case. So I'm just going to go Leighton Baines and hope he plays. You've just handed Teddy the win. Of course, he didn't play. We always had mad injuries back then. Yeah. Yeah, no Leighton Baines in the squad whatsoever, so there must have been an injury. I mean, why else would Leighton oh, be Galloway left out? played, didn't he? And he was dark. Well, there you go. We go we're going to carry on anyway, and Galloway was the left-back. So there you go. You've got a correct answer there, but Teddy's obviously got the W here. 
But we'll carry on anyway. What else? What else can you reel off? Do you reckon? Come on, uh, Seamus Coleman. Yep, Seamus Coleman played full game. Jack Yelka. Yep, Jack Yelka played the full game. Tim Howard. Tim Howard played the full game. Jesus Christ. Um, John Stones. John Stones played the full game. It's a good little rally going here. Gareth Barry. Gareth Barry played the full game. James McCarthy. James McCarthy played the full game. This is excellent. So you've got the two... We've got two more starters who were both subbed and the two subs who replaced them. Aidan McGeady. Aidan McGeady was one of the U subs. Um, Morales? Kevin Morales was the other used sub. So McGeady and Morales were subs? Yep. Started on the right. Stephen Naismith. Stephen Naismith was an unused sub. Christian Atsu? No. Nope, no Christian Atsu. Adam Lennon? It was Adam Lennon. Adam Lennon started. And one more started to get. And we're done and dusted. Pienaar? No Stephen Pienaar. In the squad at all. Howard Coleman, Jagielka, Galloway. John Stones? Uh, we've already had John Stones. Uh, Owen gave us that, yeah. Ross Barkley. It was Ross Barkley. Ross Barkley. I said, Ross Barkley. said Barkley, didn't I? I don't think you did. Yeah, I did. It was in the rally. It was after McCarthy and... and um, it doesn't matter, like, but... I'm sure I said Barkley. Oh, fair play. Fair Either way, Terry, you won this one anyway. Quite comfortably. The other substitutes, the unused subs, were Joel Robles, Aruna Kone, Steve Naismith, Mohamed Besic, and the classic Who, Luke Garbutt. So Terry, you win the quiz. You get to pick the song to see us out at the end of the podcast. What are you going to go with, mate? Um, for the millionth time, I watched Big Lebowski again last night. Big Lebowski. Yeah, I'm just going to go with. I'm going to go with Hotel California from um, the Eagles. Great song. What a way to finish the podcast. So there you have it, guys. We're going to finish with Terry's choice of song, Hotel California by the Eagles. We'll leave you with that. And until next time, thank you for tuning in on the Toffee Blues.
just prisoners here of our own device. And in the master's chambers, they gathered for the feast. They stab it with their stealing eyes, but